Skur Gobbler. Uh, he has a great affinity for Skur, which I've read is Icelandic yogurt. It's like a fermented dairy product that Icelandic people eat. We have got to go to Iceland. Hey there, I'm Jordan. And I'm Nick. We're just two regular guys who love talking about film. And now we'd like to talk to you. We decided to break down our discussions into three parts. Because everyone loves a gimmick. We discuss our expectations for a film before we watch it. That's take one. We give our immediate thoughts following the film. That's take two. And finally, we research the film at length to prepare for an informed and in-depth discussion. And that's take three. So if you love film even half as much as we do, join in on the conversation. This is Take Three, a movie podcast. Take one. So how is your holiday season treating you so far, Jordan? So far, it's been okay. Not much to report. I mean, it's been fantastic. There's just Christmas everywhere, and I've been immersed and drowning in it, and I couldn't be happier. Oh, I'm so glad. Tis the season. Tis. Tis the season on this balmy 72-degree November 7th day. (laughs) Yeah, It was like 75 degrees today, and I was upset about it. I'm being robbed of my fall. I don't like it. Well, fall will come in December. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> we'll get, hopefully by mid-March, we'll get winter. <laughs> Ugh. It's so fucked up. Speaking of global warming, I voted today. So step in the right direction, maybe. I don't know. Because voting is what changes the weather. I mean, okay. Like, if you think about it, yeah. Oh, I guess global warming. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Did you say global warming? I don't remember, but that was the direction I was heading. Okay, your volume was really way down, so I like almost didn't hear you, but you just said, I voted today. And I'm like, well, that's not going to change the weather, but it really could. Yeah, I guess. Good point. Good point. You said there was like one person on your, one option on your ballot. Literally, this is bad. I really should not be admitting this. I don't even remember the names. I don't even remember the positions. I just saw the one question was Republican, Democrat, write-in. And the other option was just Democrat and write in. So I was like, this is the easiest quiz I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> so um, Trump, Trump. <laughs> wrote in Trump for both of them. <laughs> so stupid. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I did it. Way to go. I'm so proud of you. We're here for something. I forget what, though. I take one. That's right. That's right. What are those again? So what's going to happen is is we're going to talk about a movie and then we're going to talk about a movie again, again and then we're going to talk about a movie once more. All the same movie or different movies? The same movie. Well, that sounds redundant. Well, we can do we can do different movies in different episodes if you would like. Okay. That sounds like a good system. Let's do that from now on. I love it. <laughs> You're a genius. Okay, so this movie is called Krampus, and it is based off of, you know, the legend of Krampus, which is supposed to be like the anti-Saint Nick, from what I gather. Like, (laughs) anti-Claus. This movie is made by the same guy that made Trigger Treat, and his name is Michael Dougherty, and I love him. And um, I wish that he would spend his entire life making holiday-themed horror movies, but he has not yet. I can't even get a Trick or Treat 2, 
motherfucker. <laughs> so, but we did get a Krampus, and I, while it's not as good as Trick or Treat, there's a lot to appreciate, and it, it is quite scary and quite fun and quite silly, and it has a dope cast. And <laughs> like I've seen it a couple times since the initial viewing, and so I I come to appreciate it more each time because the initial disappointment of again it not being as good as trick or treat <laughs> wears off mm-hmm. i love holiday horror movies i love christmas horror especially i've seen this movie i feel like one time i think i've only seen it once it may or may not have been with you but it it was since i've known you i know that for sure i remember it fondly i don't remember it becoming my favorite Christmas movie. But I do recall some of the cast, which is at least Tony Collette, right? Yeah. And I always forget his name, but is he Ben from Parks and Rec? Is that his name? Adam Scott. Yeah, him. Those are the only two I remember, and I kind of want to be surprised on the rest because I, I don't remember who else is in it. But I remember be- it being creative. I remember there being things that I wasn't expecting. Yeah, there are a couple of people that I feel like you'll recognize. Yeah, there's got to be more than those two, I remember. Again, it's not as like star-studded as Trick or Treat, which it totally should have been. But it's, you know, it's like a smaller, more singular story. So it really is just about that family. I'm just here for Tony Collette. I love her so much. She's great. This should be fun. Hopefully it's better than that pile of crap, Miracle on 34th Street. No. <laughs> Just kidding. We still haven't watched that yet. We didn't have to do that. I know. I'm sure it's great. I'm just saying we still haven't watched it yet. A little peek behind the scenes. We're doing things. We're doing things. We're doing things. We're doing them. We are doing things. Those things are getting done. Day two. Hey, sis. It's Christmas. I played that song at Thanksgiving for a few of the straggling family members that were left. And they were all like, (laughs) what is this? (laughs) I just put it on Alexa and oh shit. Okay. My Alexa woke up. So Krampus. I want to know how you felt about this movie upon watching it this last time, this most recent time. (laughs) Do you remember when I told you that I watched it and... And I was like, I have something I want to talk to you about. Vaguely. I can't remember it. Oh, no. I, I even feel like I was the one who was like, no, no, save it for the podcast. Yeah. Can't remember it. That was my bad. I'm so sorry. It's all good. It only took you like three weeks to watch this movie. <laughs> I definitely like it. It's well directed. I really like all the actors, even like the characters who are kind of awful. I still think they're doing a good job that everybody seemed to like come to play. Even the uh, the grandma who <laughs> like she they asked her to play this real deadpan. And <laughs> I mean, this shit's really ridiculous, but I, I don't know. It, it, it sort of sells it to me. I think the movie gets a little silly towards the end with all of the other creatures that come along other than Krampus. Really? I feel like they're a little silly. I mean, that's okay. Like, I don't dislike them, but I just feel like they're sillier than Krampus. Like, the first time you see Krampus outside when the daughter is outside in the snow, it's like spine tingling. But then... That's so interesting. It feels like the other creatures in the movie take it into sort of a more playful space. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what this movie is. Yeah. But I, you sound like you are on the other side of this. I've, I think I feel the opposite. And I think I was expecting you to feel the same way that, that I feel. I personally did not, on the second watch, think that this is a good movie. 
uh, it's not, it doesn't really have a plot. It just really seems like it's this big monster showcase, which is like what it lacks in plot. I think it makes up for in these really awesome, like monster designs. And I think that's really cool. And one of my other dislikes was that the whole first half of the movie, I think like there are four separate attacks, but you don't see the monster and you don't see the deaths. And it's like, why are we hiding this? I wanted to see those things. And I kind of assumed that you would be kind of rooting to see the monsters as well, or at least a little more than you seem to. Well, I think that there's a degree of when we finally see Krampus, it's supposed to be like a big reveal. He's quite horrific looking. I don't know. It's that Jaws mentality where you don't have to see the creature the whole time. It's just implied. I think like the the little jack-in-the-box that attacks the daughter first. I would have loved to have seen that. We didn't really get any of that. There's this oh, underground yeah. monster that seems to love pulling people under that I wish we kind of got to see. I can't think of the other ones. Oh, so like who I maybe I guess it was Krampus or maybe his minions or something that pulled the kid up the fireplace. Like I feel like the first half of the deaths in this movie were just sort of like it's just a little tease. And then the whole other half is just all of the monsters suddenly come out to play. And it's just it seemed like a weird choice, I guess. I think I have a reason. This movie is rated PG-13. Oh, (laughs) I'm sure that they had to cut out some of the violence to get that rating. They should have just made it R. It would have been more fun. I agree, but it's like already a Christmas horror movie that's working against it already. They probably wanted to make something off of it. And, you know, (laughs) you make it PG-13, it's maybe a little bit more palatable to a wider audience. I don't know. But like, again, I think that this movie is so niche and so weird that like, yeah, God, imagine like Tony Collette being able to throw some fucks in there or like the, or the grandma or the aunt (laughs) being able to just like throw the F word out. Honestly, Uh, that was when I thought about like looking up whether or not it was a PG 13 or our movie. I was like, Oh, I'm sure that the aunt says fuck at some point. And she might, (laughs) I know you can say you can get away with it like a certain amount of times. Yeah. That just seems like her character. Speaking of that, I really like that actress. The aunt? Conchata Farrell or something like that. The aunt, you mean? Yeah. What is her name? Oh, I don't know. I feel like she's one of those actresses that just kind of plays. Conchata Farrell, which is a crazy name, but... Wait, was she in Two and a Half Men? Is that who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But she was also in Mr. Deeds. Ah, okay. Nice. Do you remember her, Mr. Deeds? It has been so long since I've seen Mr. Deeds. I know that's one of your favorites, and I'm sorry, but... I'll need to revisit that one soon. It's so stupid, but I think she like, (laughs) it might be, I think she fights Winona Ryder in that movie. In Mr. Deeds? Yeah. (laughs) I think they get like a, like a fist fight. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Justin Roiland's in this movie. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So is Seth Green. Yeah. I see that too. They play lumpy and clumpy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who those are, but. And Breen Burns plays Dumpy. I don't know who that is either. Me neither. Um, they're probably some of the creatures. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this movie, you mentioned that it didn't have a plot. I mean, I feel like it's a pretty thin plot, but like, <laughs> yeah, you know, family fighting and it drives kid to... I think to me, it just felt like, you know, family gets picked off one by one by Christmas Demon. And which is fine. Like, I'm not... It's a fun movie. It is not a good movie, in my opinion, but it is a fun movie. I will give it that. That's valid. 
And I do think that like part of me almost wanted in the end when he was holding the kid over the, the fire pit and he just let go. Oh, yeah. I like I think it would have been funny if the movie just ended there. <laughs> like, oh my god. If he didn't get the redemption. Which I know that they like zoom out and they find out that they're in a snow globe or whatever, but like Here's the thing though. That's what I really wanted to talk to you about. Okay. I have always seen that ending as meaning that at the end, even though things seem like they're okay, they are trapped in that house right. forever. Mm-hmm. Right? Now that has been my thought since I saw this movie in 2015. Now, I was reading, it was some sort of like official summation of the movie. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it says something like, you zoom out to see that they're in a snow globe in Krampus's workshop, uh, symbolizing the fact that he's still watching them to make sure that they're like behaving. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'm like, oh, wow. So they're not in peril at the end so it's more of like a happy ending i guess you could kind of take it either way but it seems as if the movie intended us to think like okay he's monitoring them i think that's what i was sort of expecting like you said was that they're sort of trapped in this christmas limbo kind of thing which sounds like a dream come true to be honest (laughs) this is another thing that stands out to me is that and this is probably something to bring up in take three but i'll forget you know dead meat James A. Janice's YouTube channel that like yeah, they do the kill, kill counts. Mm-hmm. Well, he did a kill count episode for this, but it's actually called a capture count because in the end it's revealed that nobody actually died. Right. You don't actually see anyone, you know, bite it. I thought that was neat. That was it. That was the end. Oh, that okay. was nice. <laughs> also, I think Krampus looks cool, but it I feel like his jaw being like always open like that, it feels as if it's a mask, which obviously it is some sort of makeup, but like it does not feel like a genuine face. Like it really just kind of stays agape. Very ghastly or ghoulish. Yeah, it just doesn't look realistic in a sense that it could be a creature that's living. Does that make sense? Better be careful. He's going to get you. (laughs) He's right behind you. I love Krampus. (laughs) So close to Christmas, too. Jeez. That would be such a fucking cool way to go. <laughs> to be dropped into the pits of hell. Yeah. Or like killed by a little gingerbread creature. <laughs> oh, you know what I did love? It's like the the angel that was clearly like practical. Yeah. Yeah. That was like really fucked up. Yeah. Like the designs of the monsters are really cool, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as Christmas horror movies go, I think it's one of the better ones because... There aren't that many good ones, to be honest with you. I'm trying to think of ones that I've seen, like Christmas horror. I really want to someday get you to, to watch P2. P2? P2 is so good. The parking garage one. Yeah. I've seen that. We've, you've showed me that already. Oh, okay. Well, good. Isn't that great? That's a with good West one. With Wes Bentley? Yeah, that's a good one. Ah, oh, that movie's so awesome. I took a few notes during this movie, and I'm going to go through the bad things that I didn't like first. Number one discomfort is when a character in a movie or a TV show has my name and that it's really jarring and it makes me uncomfortable for some reason. I did not like that. <laughs> it was one of the girls, right? Yeah. yeah one, of the, one of my favorite lines in this movie is, uh, is something like, shut up, dad does not wish we were boys or something like that. It was so good. <laughs> Your dad wishes you were a boy. <laughs> sure does. Those girls are butcher than you are. <laughs> oh, God. 
like I said, just sort of a monster showcase, which is, I think, kind of a good thing and a bad thing. Like, it's I think they're really cool, but I wish that there was more to the plot. They are awesome. I don't want anyone to think that I don't think that they're awesome. I just think that, like, at that point, it sort of gets so wild and so crazy that it's almost comical. Whereas if it was just Krampus, it's totally much more serious. Right. And I, I think I have a big problem when movies do this. And I'm going to do something that you hate, which is bring up another movie that does this. Um, what's the one? No, no. What's the one? Uh, Drag Me to Hell. I, I have such a problem when movies are sort of halfway between serious and silly. Like, I wish that they would go one way or the other. And I, like, I don't know how to remedy that. But I have such a conflict in my head about Drag Me to Hell, whether or not that movie is intentionally stupid or unintentionally stupid and just like tried to be scary, but wasn't. And I felt this way about this movie where I wish if it was going to be that silly to begin with, I wish they'd have taken it all the way to silly case in point being when he's holding him over the, the fire bit, I just, the movie should have ended there and that would have been hysterical because there was this really funny moment where he's all apologetic and he's like, no, no, take me instead. And you can see Krampus kind of like considering it. And then he's like, nah, and he takes them both. And that's so funny to me. I wish that that's how that would have ended. <laughs> Do you really think that that would have been like <laughs> the best ending for this movie? Think about the movie though and how like silly and stupid it is already. I it would fit. It to me does not seem that silly until all of Krampus's friends show up. So you agree that there is some silliness to this movie though? Of course. That's that's my problem. That's that's my point, I guess. Yeah, I my know. my whole problem with it is that like I think it takes away from how scary this movie was when they come and they look awesome. They're well-designed. They're fun. So you're right. You're right. Like I think it should have stayed completely horror and not had those characters in it. (laughs) That's what, yeah. If it were one way or the other, I'd be cool with it. But the fact that it kind of splits between those two worlds, I don't know why I have a problem with it. I just do. So you just want it to go the opposite direction that I do. No, not necessarily. I just want it to go one way or another. I wish it would stay. But you seem to you seem to like the creatures. Yeah, I do. I, I think their designs are cool. Okay, well. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, maybe if a better story or, like, if it stayed serious and, like, creepy and cryptic the whole time, then maybe I'd like it better than the character designs. I don't know. It's not really different than any other scenario where people are stuck somewhere. But at least this one has the lore of Krampus. And I love, I forgot about the animation sequence. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. I I just think that like, I I wish there was something else. Like I wish there was a more, maybe they outsmart Krampus or like maybe they fight him directly or something. It just, it really just felt like bare bones. They get picked off one by one by Christmas spirit dolls and stuff. I don't know. But this moving into things that I do like, I did want to mention, yes, I absolutely love an animated flashback or like a backstory. It brought to mind the Deathly Hallows flashback scene where they're explaining like the three. Definitely. What about Oren Ishii's? Yes, yes. I love it. Chapter. I love them. I love them. I love them. Give me more. And Kill Bill. Amazing. Other things I liked. Tony Collette. Like she's just fantastic. And I wish she could swear in this movie. That would have been, that would have made it cooler. Take three. Ask me what time I went to bed last night. I feel like I know what time you went to bed last night. It was at least 4.30. Oh, because I texted you back around then? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
around 4.30 is when I finished Mockingjay Part 1. Oh my god. And started Mockingjay Part 2. Because if you have them right beside each other... It's just one long movie. You have to watch them both. <laughs> you got me to read... Well, okay, I was listening to an audiobook. But you got me to listen to the first Hunger Games. Because we saw... We saw Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is fucking amazing. Yes. Yeah, because I had not read the books. I'd seen all the movies like opening day, but I hadn't read the books. And I purposefully did that because I wanted to go into the movies fresh. But you had told me that you were rereading them. And I was like, you know what? Okay. And I think it took me two days to go through the first book. Isn't it so good? Yeah. Can't you just not put it down? Isn't it just the best? Well, it's a, it was a recording for me, so I did not put Still. it Yeah. <laughs> it was just – it just fed right into my ears. But mm-hmm. then this past weekend we watched Catching Fire, and it was amazing. I was like, okay, I, I have to wait to read Catching Fire first, but I just watched the movie, and I really want to watch Mockingjay. <laughs> and then I watched Mockingjay Part 1, which is actually my favorite of the series, which is so weird because everyone hates that one the most. And then I was like, oh, well, I have to watch Mockingjay Part 2. because it Did is you finish full, Mockingjay Part 2 full on. this morning? Yeah. Oh my so they're God. both about two hours long. So it yeah. was like 6.30ish. Jesus. Maybe somewhere around there when I fell asleep because I was up all night wrapping presents and watching those two freaking incredible movies. I don't blame you. Like here I am surprised, but honestly I'm not surprised just because reading Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and watching the movie just reinvigorated my interest in this and reminded me how fucking fantastic these movies are. I don't blame you. Yeah. What's so cool and special about these movies is that like while they are called the Hunger Games, the games are only a you know a part of the overall thing. I think when we were watching <laughs> Catching Fire, Catching Fire yeah. was like an hour into the movie, mm-hmm. and we hadn't gotten to the games yet. And I'm like, I love the political rebellion aspect of it, you know. And I think that that kind of thing is fascinating, and so it's quite funny. But it makes sense that. My favorite would be the the one without any sort of Hunger Games or traps or anything like that, you know. Because like even in the fourth one, they have the pods or whatever. Yeah, don't don't I I I'm don't not, remember I'm a lot. Just saying, like there there are booby traps in the fourth one. Yeah, yeah, um, that are very yeah that are very Hunger Games. Yeah. So in each yeah. book, there are Hunger Games you know esque things mm-hmm. going on, but. Because they split up Mockingjay, it's like there's a whole movie with no it's it's literally just about propaganda, war propaganda. <laughs> They're just shooting video the whole time. And I just fucking loved it. I can't imagine why people don't love that. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. I just love that movie so much. Sorry, okay. Nice. So Krampus. Yes. It's funny, in my notes app, uh, where I take all my notes, I wrote out Krampus just to title it, and it autocorrected to Cramps. So I think in all of my notes, it just autocorrects to Cramps. So anytime I write Krampus, it's just Cramps, which is funny to me. So Well, read that as Cramps now. I'll try my best. <laughs> we'll see. I think okay. I might have corrected a few, but yeah, we'll see. As you know, this movie came out in December of 2015 but it came out on december 4th of 2015 and to actually coincide with krampusnacht which is the austrian festival 
where they celebrate Krampus and they like go out into the streets and people dress up and you know, it's like this big deal and that's December 5th. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it had a $15 million budget. It wound up making $61 million worldwide for a Christmas horror movie. That's making four times your budget. That's pretty impressive to me. Nice. I read an interview that Michael Dougherty did with Collider. I think he was talking about a trick or treat too, but Krampus was brought up and he said that they also had a sequel idea for that movie as well. And that it would be less focused on like a family and more about a group of strangers that were trapped together somewhere. Ooh. And I could see that, you know, really working out like the shopping frenzies that go on or, you know, Mm -hmm. I hope that he eventually does make this movie. I think it will probably just come down to when he's ready to do that because again this movie made four times its budget it was you know successful it didn't light the world on fire with its critics and audience reviews and stuff but it is uh rated fresh on rotten tomatoes it has 66 percent that actually surprises me i'm not gonna lie (laughs) yeah the audience only gave it a 52 percent Weird. Oh, I thought that would have been the other way around. Interesting. Okay. Huh. I think the problem that the audience might have had was that when you do a Christmas horror movie, the people that are interested in that kind of thing want you to go balls to the wall with it. And this movie actually showed a lot of restraint when it came to gore, and it does evoke that PG-13 horror movie feel. So I can imagine that the people that left reviews on a Krampus movie probably were not thrilled about that part of it. Let down, yeah. The critics' consensus says, Krampus is gory good fun for fans of non-traditional holiday horror with a fondness for Joe Dante's B-movie classics, even if it doesn't have quite the savage bite its concept calls for. I think across the board, we would all have loved a R-rated Krampus movie. I think this movie certainly would have been better. So it's funny because I think this was Universal's doing. I read somewhere that it was supposed to be rated R, that it was written to be more, much more gruesome and much more like grindhousey. Yeah. Uh, but I think Universal encouraged uh, a more PG-13 film. So I wonder if uh, if the director and the creators kind of were upset about that also. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure. I think that Michael Dougherty was allowed to do this film because Trick or Treat is such a celebrated movie. However, Trick or Treat did not even get a wide theatrical release. It didn't make a ton of money. You know what I mean? So I think while Universal was like, yeah, you can do this holiday horror movie. You did a great job with the last one. Sure, but here's some parameters because we want this to actually make money if we're going to give you $15 million. Was Trick or Treat rated R? Yes, Trick or Treat is rated R. I, to this day, have never really received like a straight full on answer as to why it did not get like a full wide release. I've heard people say things like that it features a lot of deaths of children, which it does. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. almost all of the people that die in the movie are children. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. So speaking of the whole rated RPG 13 thing. There is a shot in the movie where Howie Jr., who is the kid that's just sort of like blank stared and drools. He doesn't really say anything. He's just like, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't, he he's not really much of a character. But um, 
he's drinking out of the cup that Conchata Farrell gives him, and she says that you know it's um like, it's spiked, like spiked or, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, that was flagged as a moment of concern, quote unquote, for <laughs> showing a child character drinking a sip of spiked hot chocolate. Meanwhile, now <laughs> they worried that it could land them in our rating, but. And then in quotes, it straight up says, but it's okay to show a kid getting swallowed by a clown monster. (laughs) (laughs) And that full on does happen. I mean, this movie, if this movie was going to be R rated, like it would certainly be for the last maybe like 25, 30 minutes of the movie because it Mm -hmm. goes pretty batshit crazy. One really cool thing about that, though, is that every single henchman of Krampus's that comes into the film all practical except for the gingerbread guys. The gingerbread. Yeah, yeah. I was going to make that point. Which, I mean, I don't think anybody's fooled that those were not practical. No. Everything else is like puppets and there are some digital effects added to the puppets. The VFX team that worked on the movie is called Weta Workshop and they've been around since like 1987 and they have worked on movies like both Avatars, Megan, Hellboy, Lord of the Rings, Mad Max. So they... They are a prestigious visual effects company, and That's they did the damn thing. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They look; these puppets look amazing. For them to have been responsible for not only the CGI aspects of the movie and the animated sequence in the movie, but also to have been the ones that did the puppets as well, it's very impressive what they were able to pull off, especially for. I mean, I know that the budget didn't go all to them, but like. For $15 million. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a gorgeous looking movie with a lot of really wacky visuals <laughs> that I, I think just really fit. Yeah. That is something that is super strong in Trick or Treat as well. I think Michael Dougherty is a very visual director and definitely knows how to evoke a certain tone to utilize a beautiful color palette my favorite shot in the whole film though is like when the daughter goes out on her own to her boyfriend's house and you see the house and krampus lands on the house and he's sort of like out of focus or like not fully visible but just like the fact that it's like daytime and it's white everywhere but it's so scary that there's this like creature there I also think that, like, you said colors, and I immediately thought of, like, blue and red. I feel like he he worked in very well, like, the fireplace and the blood and the violence and, you know, Krampus's suit and everything. Like, you're right. He did the blues and the reds in this are very, very well done and work very well, I think. Yeah. A lot of things catch on fire in this movie, actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm remembering now, like, the whole, like, they burn down the house, essentially, don't they? It's been a while since we watched this. Don't they like burn down the curtains or something? Or like a whole like side of the house gets burned or oh, something, yeah. doesn't it? There's definitely fires inside. Yeah. Absolutely. And outside. The Hummer gets destroyed and there's fire everywhere. The kid almost gets thrown into a pit of fire, or does he? And then he wakes up. Is that what happens? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very drag me to hell, kind of. Just because of hell being there? Yeah. Okay, fire, yeah. Well, that's, good. that's good. That's <laughs> good. I mean, that works. Yeah. It reminds me of Drag Me to Hell. Totally. Would you not argue that there are some shades of Sam Raimi in this movie? Yeah. I think that like some of the... um, Like the silliness of it. Yeah. The B-movie silliness. Absolutely. Is something that Sam Raimi, he certainly wasn't like the only person that did that style, but he 
definitely is known for a lot of that wackiness in cinema in his early films. I guess I'm just saying that like more than just a pit of hell is uh, reminiscent of Drag Me to Hell there. That's all I'm No, saying. okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. There's also a goat in this movie and a goat yeah. in that movie. Thank you. God, it's just, they're the same movie. <laughs> I have some things you didn't know because I love doing that. There is a section that I set aside in this portion that first, like, it's so weird. There were like five or six points when I was like, oh, Nick would know about this. And I'm hoping that you didn't do this research beforehand where you know the answers, but it's like, there's like references and stuff that I feel like I kind of want to quiz you on, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. A little Easter egg uh, in Max's room, you can see figurines or like references. I don't know if they're like posters to characters named Gypsy Danger and Leatherback. And do you know what movie these characters are from? Gypsy Danger and Leatherback. Gypsy Danger mm-hmm. and Leatherback. I don't know. So Gypsy Danger and Leatherback are from the movie Pacific Rim. That's cool. Yeah. Along with those references, there are Rick and Morty posters and there are Robot Chicken posters in the background. And Robot Chicken famously uses Seth Green for his voice for a lot of their characters. And he did voices of something in this movie. And do you know what he voiced? He's one of the gingerbread men. Yes. And Justin Roiland, who is also, I mean, he's in Rick and Morty. Or, well, he was in Rick and Morty. Yeah. Also in the background, uh, when the TV is on, someone on the news says season's greetings as like their opening. And I just want to know if you know, you probably know why that is funny. I 100% do. Okay, so season's greetings is actually the name of of Michael Dougherty's thesis film in college that is animated short that features the character of Sam, the spirit of Halloween. And Trick or Treat is technically based on that short. I mean, none of the same thing happens. It's very, very short and very cute. I know that this is for Krampus, but I will definitely include the link to that because it's really adorable. If you thought Sam is cute as a live action character he is even cuter (laughs) as a cartoon it's quite adorable have you seen it i feel like we probably watched it at some point i'm thinking that at some point i would have shown that to you because trick-or-treat is one of my all-time favorites i don't remember it but i'm not against watching it again i saw clips of it in some of the research that i i think it's like five minutes long i don't think it's super long at all but it's hand-drawn animation and i love the fact that michael dougherty now in both of these movies has you know, included animation in some form. Mm -hmm. I mean, even in Trick or Treat, there are a lot of uh, references to like comic books. And I I just, it's really neat that he got to do a little sequence in animation here as well. And that is such a cool, well done, scary little sequence. It's awesome. Uh, Next point here, uh, there was a movie that came out a weekend or two before this one that was a hit. And even in the weekends following it, like the two or three weekends after that Krampus had come out, it was still number one. And do you know what that movie was? I do know what that movie was. I remember going to see that movie and I remember going to see Krampus. Your memory is... And I think that's so funny that we opened with this it's mocking j part two yeah it's actually yeah it is very and i know that you were like all things hunger games right now and when this point came up i was i think this was the inspiration for quizzing you i was like oh i wonder if he knows that i should have known that you knew that but it's crazy that you remember 
so far back. Um, yeah, I just that was just like a good stretch of time. I used to go to the movies a lot more often than I do now. I love the movies. I do too. I do. I really do. But like, if a movie is available to watch at home, I'm going to take that <laughs> avenue. No, I get it. My last point here isn't really a quiz point, but through my research, a lot of the videos that I watched and articles that I read frequently referenced the movie The Gremlins to kind of compare to this movie. And I completely forgot that that was even a Christmas movie. I feel like I've seen that movie one time. I guess I'm putting my vote in to do that one for Christmas next year. If you're up for it, I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why not? Cool. Yeah, if we if I doubt you'll remember this, but no, I won't. <laughs> you need to write it down or something because I'll totally do Gremlins. Well, you just need to remember it because you have the good memory. So okay, I'll do my absolute best. I'll write it down and then forget where I've put it. So um, <laughs> anyway, so on to the, like the non quiz ones. These are just fun facts that you probably already knew. Anyway, the director wanted genuine reactions to the creatures, so they didn't show any of the designs to the actors. So the actors' reactions to all of these creatures is genuine. That's good. I think you have to know that your actors can act, but like I think that there's just an added layer of fear and shock mm-hmm. introduced when you don't show your bad guy to the good guys in your movie and that is actually a very popular method i mean i've seen that in a lot of movies a lot of the movies that have the iconic horror villains they're like not brought in to be on set with these people so that they get used to them until until they they have have to be be. yeah i also remember i think in the goonies they didn't show them like the final ship or whatever so it is i think it is a good why would you bring up Goonies. because that's also a classic and i i know it's not i tend to like that movie but it's just another example and i do think that like you have to do it safely something i couldn't even tell you what movie or show this is from but something that keeps coming up on my tiktok feed is apparently some blonde actress was working with a spider and had to scream when the spider was on her and it like bit her and so she started screaming in real life and uh, maybe this isn't the same thing, but I guess like if you're going to do method, just do it safely. <laughs> that's all. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I not heard that, but I'm glad that none of these creatures bit any of these actors. <laughs> I know that like Adam Scott had a, a robot that was stabbing him or something. Yo, that is a freaking cool. I was looking at just pictures of all the different things that robot doesn't get enough credit because like everybody talks about that damn angel <laughs> and then the big the big clown that eats the, the kids box. yeah the the robot doesn't get enough credit he's pretty sick there was a comic book released after the movie that was co-written by the director and now that i know that he's an animator and illustrator that makes more sense yeah i actually don't have that really i have the companion piece to trick-or-treat oh, okay that has a lot of comic book illustrations in it and things like that it's it's really cool but i don't have the krampus one apparently it goes through a bunch of different people's stories and the different creatures and problems that they face and it seems fun love it the krampus costume was 70 pounds and the actor originally wasn't able to see out of it. So they built a camera into the mask, like through a hole in Krampus's face. And it wasn't like his eye or his nose. There was this hole next to his nose that was just like, I don't know, an infection or just like a decayed hole that was in his face that they put a camera into. And then a screen 
in front of the actor's face, like inside the costume so that he could see where he was going, which I thought was fascinating and cool. Oh, I love that. If you look at some of the behind the scenes of this costume, it is monstrous and really, really awesome. I'll try and find some and link some so that uh, you can see it as well. Speaking of the Krampus costume, though, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm at least told you, but I might have told you all, everybody, that it's kind of weird that his like jaw doesn't move and his mouth doesn't move and stuff. <laughs> but I was reading this and I'm like, holy shit. Okay, I guess this kind of makes sense then. This says, Krampus's true face is hidden underneath a Santa Claus-like mask and it's not fully revealed to the audience. And that was a choice from the filmmakers to allow us to make our own conclusions as to what he actually looks like. That's why this particular Krampus doesn't resemble the Krampuses that we sort of see when you type in Krampus online. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. He's clearly like a goat guy or whatever, but, and he's got the big horns, but his face looks way different than you would think. And I, I have commented that like, it looks clearly like a mask because his mouth doesn't really move yeah and the fact that it's meant to be a mask makes me appreciate that so much more he does kind of look like a melting or like a decaying santa claus yeah yeah um and part of me my immediate reaction to that was like that kind of seems like a cop-out because you have this amazing illustrator who's made all of these incredible puppets and monsters like i would have loved to have seen what he could have done with like a krampus but then I'm thinking about the melting and decaying Santa and I'm like, no, that actually looks, that looks badass. So like, yeah. I'm not too upset. I just wish it was cl- more clearly a mask. Cause I don't think I, that registered to me until you had said that. Well, it certainly didn't register to me either. I'm just very happy that it, there's an explanation. It was a choice. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you, but in a minute I'm going to talk about like the massive Krampus movies that there have been. And I have looked and seen a lot of their versions of Krampus, and they are (laughs) not good. So I think that, you know, what they went for here is definitely, I mean, it's certainly the biggest budget that Krampus has had. But it's also, in my opinion, the best looking Krampus. That is funny. He's very cool looking. I ran into that too. A lot of people were making jokes about just how many Krampus movies came out around the time that this one came out as well. Absolutely. Let's jump into them. There's Krampus the Reckoning, Krampus Unleashed, Krampus the Christmas Devil, Krampus the Devil Returns, Mother Krampus, (laughs) Krampus Origins, Mother Krampus 2, Sleigh Ride, (laughs) S-L-A-Y Ride, Mm -hmm. and then there's... A Christmas horror story, which is which hold on. But none of these Krampus movies have anything to do with with this one that we're correct. Like they're all their own independent individual. thing. They're just based on the legend of Krampus. Yeah. And a lot of them are in direct response to how successful this one was. And some of them came out before this one. Wild. However, a Christmas horror story, which also came out in 2015, has the exact synopsis for a Krampus movie that I would think that Michael Dougherty would have made. And it's basically an anthology horror movie with four stories all taking place on Christmas Eve. Oh my God. And it's like, why didn't you make this movie? I don't know. I mean, I guess because it was already being made. I mean, was it good? Like, here's the thing. Did you look up the Rotten Tomatoes or anything? <laughs> this is wild. Okay. No, it's called A Christmas Horror Story. Yeah. That is the title is A Christmas Horror Story. Yeah. And it's four stories? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I see. I see what you are getting at, though. <laughs> I I am there with you. <laughs> so I said, this is crazy. I said Krampus has a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. This movie has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Are you kidding me? What I'll say is that because this movie was just released on VOD, a lot less eyes were on it. Yeah. So there were way fewer critics, like over a hundred and something critics, 132 critics reviewed Krampus. This is only 23, but it has an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. We need to watch that before Christmas this year. I want to watch it. William Shatner is in it. Oh my God. Yeah. That is like enough to make me interested because I love him. Wild. I don't recognize any of the other names. Oh, and I will say, aside from Krampus's Krampus, this Krampus looks the coolest. The one in that. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He looks badass. Like, I think that from at least the poster, I th- I'm getting the vibe that one of these sequences has Krampus and Santa fighting. I think they fight oh in this movie. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. I know. I'm like, why wasn't this your movie? But I, I, my only thought is that because somebody beat him to it or... Why didn't we do this movie? I agree. Damn. I agree. Damn, well, all right, I have a I'm on a mission now. You got to watch this. I'm like I'm so intrigued. This is so fascinating. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. And it's free on Tubi. I think like everything's free that's on Tubi, but it's on Tubi. So it'll have ads, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't I'm not paying for this shit. That's so funny. I'm not sure where Tubi came from, but we appreciate you Tubi. <laughs> if you are listening, we appreciate you. So this is actually something that I had never thought of before, and it makes me want to revisit both of these movies. Michael Dougherty in an interview said that this is a Christmas film that's, you know, both scary and sentimental. And he says, A Christmas Carol and It's a Wonderful Life are nightmares that show you these broken characters who experience a darker side of divine intervention. They need to be scared straight. Oh. And I never like really considered that about either of those movies. Like I obviously I know what they're about. I've seen them. I didn't lump it in with something like this. Like obviously this is way more intense than those, but it too is a morality tale about someone not appreciating Christmas. You know, you said it's a wonderful life and a Christmas Carol. Yeah. So I obviously know the Christmas Carol. I feel like I've seen it's a wonderful life. I don't really remember. Maybe I haven't seen that movie. So the the idea with that one is basically um, there's well I don't want to like spoiler or anything yeah don't what's what's the one that's like a musical and there's dancing and there's that woman that has to wear the turtleneck because she has like scars or something the actress like it's not a part of the movie I'm fully thinking of White Christmas okay I'm like I don't think that that's it's a wonderful life with Bing Crosby and Danny Kay. See, now I'm thinking anytime I've heard someone say it's a wonderful life, I've been thinking about this movie. I had to watch this in college. I don't think I've ever seen it's a wonderful life. Holy shit. It's a wonderful life has Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed in it. And while it's again, it's not my kind of Christmas movie. It is sort of like a nightmare scenario. I, I don't know. I just, I never thought of it that way. And I, I really like that, that he, came at the project from that angle i appreciate that part of it interesting you should watch it's a wonderful life like i feel like people like it just as much if not more than miracle on 
whatever the fuck. Did we just solidify our Christmas movies for next year? The two that we're doing for next year? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, you know, saves us some work, right? We will forget, but (laughs) I would totally be down for both of those. This podcast was rooted in the idea that I need to watch more classics, and I feel like I clearly need to watch that one because I haven't seen it, so... It just like I haven't seen Miracle on 34th Street. So, bitch, you have. We just did an episode on it. Prior to this episode, I had not seen it. So, that's my point. Oh, that's I see. Point. Anyway, I just wanted to point out just a couple of things that I noticed about the crew on this film. Zach Shields, who's one of the writers and producers of this film, was also a writer on Michael Dougherty's shitty Godzilla movie, Godzilla King of Monsters. You didn't like that one? No, I do not like it. It let me down. Although, honestly, I didn't really love Kong Skull Island either. <laughs> like, I did not have super high expectations for Kong versus Godzilla, but I liked that one. Okay. That movie came out, and I was able to watch it in my bedroom because uh, it is during the pandemic. So, anyways, Douglas Pipes, the composer of Krampus, he also composed the music for Trick or Treat. Oh, cool. There's one piece of music in Trick or Treat that I know that he did not composed because i know that charlie clouser composed that because it's also in saw three but if i played it for you you would recognize it it's called baptism it's really fucking good but oh yeah that's he, like you talk about that one all the time yeah yeah it's I like one of my one. favorite pieces of music yeah and charlie clouser did that but apparently all the other stuff douglas pipes did so way to go douglas pipes because i like the music in this movie thanks to close this out on like a random note one of the trivia facts that i found on imdb led me down this really weird rabbit hole and I just want everyone else to go on that journey with me. So one of the trivia facts on IMDb says the following, the gingerbread cookie that is lowered down the chimney is attached to a hook. Meat hook or kitrokur in Icelandic is one of Iceland's 13 Yule lads who carries a meat hook, which he lowers down chimneys in order to steal meats that are like smoking on the fire for Christmas. And he visits on December 23rd, which is the same night that Howie is taken when he falls for the gingerbread trap. So I was like, let's learn about these Icelandic Yule lads. Like, what the fuck is that? That sounds (laughs) awesome. (laughs) I'm going to take you on this journey. There's this ogress named Grilla, and she is, (laughs) according to Wikipedia, repulsive and tall and is known for being like she started, I guess, as like a beggar woman who goes around town asking parents for their disobedient children because she wants to eat them. So she'll take the children back to her cave and then just eats them. Wikipedia says her her favorite dish is a stew of naughty kids. She can't get enough of it. Uh, And then (laughs) she'll, she'll come down from her mountain around Christmas and then she searches for bad kids to eat. Very the Grinch meets Krampus. That's what the the vibes that I got from Grilla. Apparently she's been married three times. Her third husband's name is Lepaludi, and he lives with her in the cave along with their Yule cat and their sons. Uh, And he's said to be very lazy and mostly stays at home. So he's like a stay at home dad while she goes out and hunts for food. Gotcha. The 13 sons that they have together are troublemakers. Their main role is to like torment naughty children And one each day throughout the last 13 days of Christmas is like highlighted like one each day, the 13 days before Christmas will like come out and torment the children. Gotcha. So it's like a third. It's like a 12 days of Christmas, but like evil. And there's 13 of them. And that's that's so cool to me. It's Um, very, very cool. Yeah, I love that. 
apparently Icelandic children are supposed to like leave their shoes on the windowsills. And if they've been nice, then the Yule sons will leave treats or small gifts. But if they're naughty, it's rotten potatoes. That's what they leave in your shoes. I want to go over Damn. these 13 if you'll let me. Here's the thing, though. Do you have the English versions of their names or the Icelandic yeah. versions of their names? Oh, I'm not even going to try their Icelandic names. <laughs> no, you have to. Oh, I saw this and was like, oh, I can't do that. But you could. I'll do my best. I I feel like some of these letters that I'm looking at now. Let's offend some Icelandians. Some of the letters like look like P's, but it's not a P. So I don't know if it's pronounced P. I'll do my best. I Sorry to anyone that I offend here. But on December 12th, the first Yule son, his name is Stekjartsar. Stekjartsar. <laughs> he is the sheep coat clod. And his role is he harasses sheep, but is impaired by his stiff peg legs. That is sheep coat clod. The second day of Christmas, which is December 13th, Giljagar is his English name is Gully Gawk. Uh, he just hides in gullies waiting for opportunities to sneak into the cow shed and steal milk. That is his job. Next one is Stufer, who is stubby in English. Uh, he's just abnormally short and he steals pans to eat the crust left on them. Um, oh God, this one's tough. Pavora Slick here. You're loving this. I hate I'm sorry. That. It's really funny. Voris Liqueur is spoon liquor. He steals and licks wooden spoons. And he is extremely thin due to malnutrition. This is so weird. I know. Potteskeffel is pot scraper. He steals leftovers from pots, which I feel like we've already been over. He and Stubby seem to be, uh, you know, the same. There's Aska... Askas... Oscus Leaker? <laughs> yeah, Oscus Leaker is bowl liquor. He hides under beds waiting for someone to put down their Oscar, which is a type of bowl with a lid used instead of dishes, which he then steals. Her Duskeller is door slammer. He likes to slam doors, especially during the night to wake people up. <laughs> there is. Asshole? <laughs> there is Skurgamer. <laughs> There is Skurgamer, <laughs> which is um, Skurgobbler. Uh, he has a great affinity for Skur, which I've read is Icelandic yogurt. It's like a fermented dairy product that Icelandic people eat. We have got to go to Iceland. I <laughs> yeah. would love Iceland. Skurgamer, specifically on December 19th to see Skurgobbler. <laughs> oh, fuck. This one's going to be rough. Um, Bjogna Kraker? Nailed it. Yeah. Um, sausage Swiper. This is you. Um, <laughs> hides <laughs> in the rafters and snatches sausages that are being smoked. <laughs> That's you. You're the sausage sniper. That's a gay joke. Been there. Been um, there. Glugagigir. Glugagigir is window peeper. He is a snoop who looks through windows in search of things to steal. Gatapfer. Gatapfer is doorway sniffer. This is you too. He has an abnormally large nose and an acute sense of smell, which is uses to locate leaf bread, which is lava broad. Um, Ket Croker is meat hook. He uses a hook to steal meat, which we, you know, met on December 23rd. 
And then the last one on December 24th is Kurtus Snicker, which is candle stealer. He follows children to steal their candles, which were once made of tallow and thus edible, says Wikipedia. Those are the 13 Yule children. I want to know why we don't have movies of these. I want to know why we don't still celebrate these. I don't know why these are not commercialized, because they should be. I think they're fantastic. I want to show with the Yule lads. I think this would be so fun. <laughs> they seem awesome. That would be fun. And I, I like that we got like a nod to them in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why didn't I know about these guys before? Why weren't all 13 included? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They seem like, like fucked up seven dwarfs. Right? Snow White's buddies. Yeah. We know all about them. Yeah, I guess we do. You're right. We even know their names. We know... The Yule Lads names now, too. Now we do. Yeah. Now we do. You're welcome, everybody. And are we better for it? I'm not <laughs> so sure about that, but we do know them. But yeah, that's all I found. Oh my god, I am so sorry. No, you're not. I have one little thing I wanted to say. I'm not, mm-hmm. I am sorry. I completely forgot. This is an equally weird thing, though, to end on. <laughs> it just makes me look dumb. That's not hard to do. Shut up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So I just wrote this down because I'm like, it blew my mind when I was researching this. I saw someone refer to Krampus and use the word Advent to describe him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait, what? I looked it up and Advent is a season observed in most Christian denominations as a time of expectant waiting and preparation for both the celebration of the nativity of christ at christmas and the return of christ at the second coming okay they're talking about like the time leading up to christmas so that's why it's called an advent calendar oh okay yeah i thought the word advent probably just meant like doors that you open you thought an advent was a little door yeah like the little doors (laughs) that you open on the advent calendar that's actually kind of cute. That's that's funny. I, I like, legit had no idea it had anything to do with Christmas. I thought it was just like an opening <laughs> calendar. Little advents, little yeah little doors, the little that's advent so doors. <laughs> no clue. So I'm I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> that's cute. Thank you for doing this movie. Yeah. Again, not my favorite movie, but if it were not for this movie, I would not have learned about the Yule Lads. So that's a good point. I think we're all winners here. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I hope that you enjoyed episode 67 of Take 3, a movie podcast. We also hope that you've had a very happy holiday and that you've been good all year so that you too don't get attacked by evil gingerbread men or thrown into a pit of fire. As always, if you enjoyed this content and want more, go to take3amp.com or you can find us on pretty much every podcast app there is. This is the last full episode of the season, but we do have a quick take lined up. So until then, happy listening and happy holidays.